Hello and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm Lisa Bell. And I'm Candace Campos. Today's guest is Florida native who has spent virtually his entire life around the restaurant industry. While growing up in Winter Haven, his father owned several restaurants around the area. Then coming up out of college, he started working for the Bento Group. Yep. Now he owns several restaurants of his own, including Michelin Bib Gourmand Restaurant Domu, the cocktail bar Tori Tori, and the recently opened Edo Boy. We are so happy to be joined today by Chef Sonny Wen. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, this is very exciting. Tell us a little bit about your background. You are a Florida native, right? Yeah, I grew up in, uh, born and raised in Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, Winter Haven is about an hour away near Legoland, or is Legoland's in Winter Haven. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've uh, been there since 2000, uh, up to 2007, moved to Gainesville for about uh, two or three years and then um, to Orlando for the rest of the time. So have you always been interested in being a chef, working in the restaurant industry, cooking? How did that start? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, like I was uh, brought to the restaurants with my parents um, just out of like, you know, they needed to continue watching me. So mm -hmm. I was always in the back room. Um, my aunts and uncles also own restaurants, um, primarily Chinese buffets and um there always be a back room where all the kids and cousins will be hanging out. Um, and, you know, sometimes we help out in the kitchen with prep or, you know, just for fun to wash the dishes. But, uh, uh, so it kinda, just for fun to wash dishes. But, you know, I think like, you know, uh, that definitely influenced me, I think, in a direction at mm -hmm. a young age, kind of seeing all that um, happen and. You, know, you grew my, up in a restaurant, really. Yeah, for at least, you know, maybe like five years of my life at a young age. And then um, I always had an interest in cooking since a young. Um, me and my brother used to do like Iron Chef uh, Ooh, competitions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm only like eight years old at the time. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, you know, um, I think he helped influence that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, at 14, I worked for my cousins uh, kind of like. Chick-fil-A, similar to Chick-fil-A type of pl uh, place in the mall. And I think that's where I really like, okay, I think I like cooking, uh -huh. you know. Um, so when I went to college, that's when I started with the Bento Group uh, in 2007. And um, I was with them for about 10 years before uh, go branching off and doing my own thing. So. And when was the final, like, that big push? What was it that just made you go on your own? Um, that's a big leap. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think that um, there's always been something in me that was like, I've always wanted my own restaurant, right? I think before I even started at Bento, I remember like walking in there. It was like my first day of college or so. And, you know, I was like, man, this place is really cool. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to I want to do something like this one day. And uh, so I just applied to get a job, um, applied for become a sushi chef. Uh, they unfortunately uh, put me as a dishwasher because I didn't have the experience, but I did work my way up and eventually became manager and kind of like the rest was history from there. So. So when did you decide to actually start your own restaurant? Oh, uh, 2016. Okay. And how has that, what's that process been like? And how is that? You have gone? a couple yeah. under your belt <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, me working for Bento Group for 10 years prior to that, exactly. um, I did kind of, I was a jack of all trades. I did everything um, or a lot of things for them. And, uh, and that's important to have that experience. Yeah. And yeah. I think that like, you know, with anything, like if you do something for 10 years, you're going to be good at it type mm -hmm. of thing. And, um, you know, that was kind of the case for me. I felt like, you know, I was opening the restaurants for them um, around the state. And so I understood the project management side, the construction side, uh, food costs and all that, running the business side as well. Mm -hmm. So that's because that's super important, not just to know how to cook, but also right. 
how to run a business. So I learned all that. It's two very different things, right? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people that can cook but don't know anything about business. But then there's a lot of people that know business but don't know how to cook. So, you know, doing both is is, is a little bit harder to juggle. Um, Yeah. But it's not undoable. So I mean, and it seems like you found that perfect balance of Domu. So for yeah. anyone who might not know what Domu is, can you give us an idea of what you could expect at your yeah. Domu restaurant? Where it is and what you can expect when you walk through the door. Okay, so we have Domu, which is like the flagship brand. Um, that's the original one I started in 2016. Um, we have one at East End Market, one in Dr. Phillips, and one in Jacksonville. Um, that one's going to be more of your... Uh, neighborhood feel ramen shop um we have appetizers seasonal cocktails um you're gonna walk in um and you're, you're gonna hear hip-hop music on you're not you know it's non-traditional okay um, okay we don't do takeout um we don't do reservations there's a lot of things that are different about us that we have certain specific rules but it's because we want to be able to manage the room but we're looking at it as a standpoint of being able to take care of the customers and not overwhelming ourselves and making sure the team can keep up so there's a lot of reasons why we have a lot of rules when you come to domu but um you know at the end of the day we are just a uh, ramen shop that we make our own noodles and um a Michelin rated ramen shop. Yeah, I was waiting for you to tell me that. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, right? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. blushing. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about that experience. Um, to be honest with you, I think that when we heard about Michelin coming uh, to Florida, uh-huh. there was something that was like, okay, maybe one of these years, uh, I, even, I even prepped my, my management team. I was like, one of these years, we'll buckle down and we'll try to aim and, and go for it. You don't like sign up for it. No, no, I don't think I don't think so anyway. So or did it? No, no, yeah. yeah. Maybe you're nominated. Yeah, we we didn't sign up for anything, but it's more like I guess um, I just remember getting an email from Michelin. So they do email you mm-hmm. um, requesting information. I guess when you're picked and what did you? I mean, okay, you're sitting there checking your email. Spam. Correct. <laughs> No, it, uh, honestly, actually, it was in the spam. I got so basically oh, wow. somehow Michelin. Check your spam, everybody. <laughs> somehow Michelin got to somebody else, and then they emailed me. It was like, "Hey, we need you to submit this information by today." Like, I guess they've been sending oh, me like emails after email after email. But I didn't know it was in my spam. You've been ignoring Michelin. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I was ignoring Michelin, and then like we caught it the last day. And we're like, okay, let me submit all the information, and uh, it took me a couple hours because they asked a lot of like questions, but. You know, uh-huh. um, but I screenshotted the whole experience. The so uh, it was a lot of things, you know, like give us a quote. Um, what oh. is your background? Um, it's like a college like an inspirational quote? No, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like a, <laughs> yeah, like a college application almost. But yeah. you, know, you had to submit photos and choose 14 of your best photos or whatever it was. And it was, it was like, I had to actually sit and think about like all these things, you know what I mean? Because I didn't. I didn't want to mess up on anything. So. Right. Yeah. And obviously you didn't. And so we were yeah. asking before before we started taping, you don't know when they're coming. You don't right. know who they are. No. They don't introduce themselves like, and hello. say, hey, we're here to judge your restaurant. No, as far as I know. Yeah. yeah. We, we didn't know if they came or not. That's why I was like, we, we were going to aim for it. But then like, uh-huh. when we got it the first year, that's when I was like, whoa, okay. So how'd you so. find out that you got it? Um, That email. Oh, spam. Well, are you like well, checking well, your spam, spam every day? <laughs> well, well, the thing is that like the spam, I wasn't sure if we got. I thought like, okay, maybe we got nominated. Uh-huh. Um, we actually didn't know until I think the day of. Oh yeah, I remember going to the ceremony, and it's like a big award show, and all the best chefs. In the so that's state. how they announce you're at. It's like the Oscars. You're, you're at there, and they're actually calling you onto stage. I think I saw that okay. video. So, okay, I think I saw that video on. Florida yeah, East. but the only thing is that they released it online before they actually announced us. So like everyone was pulling it up on their phone at the event, like seeing oh, who won. Okay. 
Okay. So, um, so we actually kind of yeah. do a little bit before we stepped on stage. Did you have a yeah. speech written beforehand? Uh, no, I think there's so many winners <laughs> that you don't actually get to like talk. They, they give you the, they, yeah, they give you a little thing, and then you kind of just stand there and take photos. Like an award. They give like you an award. award. Yeah. yeah. So. And where is the award now? Uh, it's at my house. Okay. So, yeah. I, it's, it's too special for me to like figure out where I don't want to put this at the restaurant or at my house. I feel right. like it's, I don't know. For me, it's something special. Yeah. So it's at my house. So. And you were also saying that's an annual thing. So mm-hmm. you got the Michelin Award for, I guess it was 2021? Uh, 2022. 2022. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so then they will come back potentially and mm-hmm. rate you again. Yeah. So they'll do the that. The challenge again. is on. I mean, that's the pressure, right? Like, I, I guess I guess with Michelin in general, like, if you get a star, it's like, now you have an added pressure to maintain. Right, or, right. You know. And so. how has that changed your business? So you opened in 2016, and mm-hmm. now that you have that star. Um, uh, Bib- Bib Gourmand. Okay. Yeah. So now that you have that, uh-huh. what does that mean? Like, I imagine that people are coming to you now because they've Googled you and, mm-hmm. you know, want to try it. Um, I would say that we haven't really noticed a huge difference. Um prior to getting it to getting mm-hmm. it now i think we were just always doing business as usual mm-hmm. and um so and we're still doing business as usual mm-hmm. um now we haven't really like changed anything um because we got it um mm-hmm. so i think that we're just going to continue doing us and, and hopefully that's enough to continue so now you're not you. you're still not doing reservations because no. you would think i mean with, <laughs> right with, with the yeah. with the status of that there would be this mm-hmm. big you know but i like how you're just saying it just kind of continues so if we were to show up on like a friday night what would our wait time be and two to two and a half hours. Oh gosh! <laughs> but but we do have a bar. We have a market. You know, yeah. we have things to do. It's not yeah. you know you're not just kind of. And waiting, you mentioned so. you the bar and seasonal cocktails. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're now in October. So what mm-hmm. kind of seasonal cocktails are you offering? It's feeling very fall like yes. outside as I wear my jacket. Yeah, I mean it, that, that's exactly what it is right now. We just released them last Wednesday. Actually, no, because of the hurricane, we released them on Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of things like cinnamon and. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, like, fall flavors. We have, like, a hot, warm cocktail called a hot toddy in mm-hmm. uh, Jacksonville. So every um, season, I let each of the stores kind of take control of the seasonal cocktails, and that gives um, the bartenders creativity to yeah. be able to make their own drinks and be um, – we even list their name on the menu to kind of let people know who made these, oh, nice. you know, mm-hmm. and kind of give them that outlet to um, – And then each location kind of is obviously different then and – uh, a little yeah. bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, I would say that um, the bar menu is different at mm-hmm. each location. The food menu primarily is the same across the three. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, this might be a, a dumb question, and I apologize in advance, <laughs> but what's the different tiers this whole Michelin world? Uh-huh. So what's because you know you got the stars and you got the bibs, and so what's what's the process mm-hmm. like? Like, what is the next step? So uh, actually, it starts... we're new to this in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, yeah, me too. Actually, you I know, pretty much, yeah, yeah, I, I am as well. You know, and I think that. Uh, so it starts out as uh, Michelin recommended. So okay. that's like that's when these are restaurants that will make it to the Michelin guide, mm-hmm. okay. um, but they don't have a designation. They're in the book. Mm-hmm. They're in the book mm-hmm. or in on the app. And then then it goes Bib Gourmand for good value and mm-hmm. great quality um, food. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's where, where you are. That's where we are. See, that's where I that's where I rent. Yeah. I like yeah. to hang out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and then it goes from one, two, and three. So after that, um, so the top is three stars. But yeah. But okay. but not many uh, restaurants like, a like have three stars yeah in in the United States so yeah so you know <laughs> um, so we're we're happy we're right now no no yeah. I, I'm I'm yeah, I'm just happy to be on there yeah, yeah. of so, course um, even if it's just just yeah. recommended I'm to be happy you know so. certainly with all the international visitors and just visitors in general to Orlando I think that that is 
such an incredible thing mm-hmm. to have because I do think, I mean, I know people who specifically seek out Michelin rated restaurants, yeah. um, you know, just for the experience and just right. to try some great restaurants and some great food. Yeah. But then you, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. And then we have a new restaurant now. <laughs> That's exactly where I was yeah. going. Yeah, like, okay, let's talk about the other one. Yeah, yeah. Your um, you're new yeah. baby, I guess I mean, you could say. Yeah, because yeah. if three weren't enough. So. Oh, uh, actually, we have um, seven, so. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so <laughs> let's start with Tori Tori. Yeah. Tell us about Tori Tori. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Tori Tori is more of a modern-day American-style bar mashed up with a uh, Japanese pub. So we, mm. yeah, so if you could think about, like, um, the cocktail programming of an American bar, um, we take cocktails really seriously, but we're mashing it up with Japanese culture uh, and serving Japanese bar food. So when you walk in there, it's, like, really modern, really nice, like, art deco, and just you're just like, man, this is a really cool, cool, cool uh, mm-hmm. spot to be. Like, good music, good drinks. Um, but the food... It's not your traditional bar food. We're gonna have, uh, we primarily focus on yakitori, which is um, you know skewered skewer chicken over yeah. uh, charcoal, and um, so that's like our main focus, and that's what most pubs in uh, Japan are focused on is that. And that's then, like the chicken fingers of American bar yeah. food, yes. right? Like so, a, a kebab minus the veggies. I, I guess yeah, you could say that it's, it's, it's yeah. equivalent to something like that, yeah. and um, and we serve other things too, like Japanese fried chicken and. Um, croquettes and all types of stuff that just go good go, go with drinking so um <laughs> and that's pretty much what that is it's just mostly bar and and with good bar food so. and where is tori 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 is on uh, mills avenue uh kind of near the intersection of colonial okay. so closer In on down, that side near downtown orlando near downtown yeah, yeah. okay and now edo boy Okay, so Edo Boy... Um, <laughs> he just raised his eyebrows. <laughs> Edo Boy is like... Um, so I have uh, some concepts that are like kind of just like more of um, passion projects for me. Um, things that like I've always wanted to do. I uh, never really understood when I would want to do it. Uh, I guess like the right time, the right place, the right location type of thing. Um, so Edo Boy is actually something that I've always wanted to do since probably around 2018. Um, so it took me about four years to actually do it, but, um, you know, I think that it's more one of those places that, um, we wanted to bring experience from Japan that, um, wasn't really available even in the United States. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we are the first standing sushi bar in the United States, um, Mm -hmm. here. So for people who have never heard of it before, that's a, you go in there and you literally stand up around a bar. There there are no chairs. No chairs. Um, not to say that we don't accommodate ADA though. Mm -hmm. Um, our counters and everything are ADA compliant, but, um, but otherwise everyone else is is Mm -hmm. standing. It's, it's a cultural thing. It's not that we are trying to be a certain way by like, we're just going to take your chairs away. But, uh, Mm -hmm. But it's more like uh, this is how it is in Japan. You know, yeah, we, yeah. Want, we want it to be yeah. authentic. We wanted to feel how me and my wife felt when we went to Japan. And like this is our favorite way of eating sushi when we go to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a good experience in terms of just being in there quick, quickly in and out, yeah. uh, getting high quality sushi for a reasonable price. And that's kind of what Edoboy really is. You know, so, And is it meant to be kind of a, a fast food type experience, Edoboy? Or what is no. it like? I know because in Japan, that's... Mm-hmm typically how it is yeah but how is it here so in japan you're absolutely correct it's more of like a quick in and out because it's a busy city right tokyo is super busy here um we've had to kind of like uh i don't say americanize it a little bit but bring it back to standards of uh how we live here in the states and um so it's kind of a in between 
a intimate dining experience and quick at the same time. So mm-hmm. we have one hour time slots and basically you can book it ahead of time. Every okay, month. So this one is reservations. This yeah, So this okay. one is reservations because we only have eight, uh, almost eight seats, eight spots. Okay. Yeah. So uh, basically, so we're very limited on time and space. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did extensive research on how many pieces of sushi could we serve in one hour? Because I felt like standing over an hour is like too much, but right at an hour to get full is like, you almost, you know, if you're having a good time, you forget that time is passing, you know? So uh, we've figured it out that one hour is perfect amount of time to get 12 pieces in and you're drinking sake, you're eating sushi, the chefs are making everything piece by piece in front of you. And, you know, time really flies by. Nice. Yeah, you don't even notice. What a great experience. I'm I'm envisioning like a party, like eight people who are out partying. Yeah, I mean. And booking all eight spots. You can do that too. So typically I would say that we we get, sometimes we get all eight seats Mm -hmm. taken, but most of the time it's people you don't even know next to you. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a a mix of of people in there and everyone's just uh, chatting with the chefs, Mm -hmm. chatting with each other. And, uh, and do they all arrive like on the hour? Is that the thing? Starting yeah. at what five or uh, four. four? So we go okay. four, and then the last seating's at nine. So, okay. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, four days a week right now. So, okay. Yeah. And what days of the week are they? Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking. Thursday through Sunday. Um, we're looking to okay. add uh, Monday um, on the seventh of November. Uh, which is a Monday. Um, and basically what the Monday is for is for the service industry people because that's the day that everyone um, kind of gets off typically yes, in the service mm-hmm. industry. So we want to actually be able to serve them because we're serving right now on the days that everyone's working. So we want to do something for the mm-hmm. service industry. Sure. Yeah, so most so, of us is, uh, I'm sorry, most of us uh, close on Monday where we're going to open on Monday. So, gotcha. So, yeah. wh- I mean, why? Why Why Edo Boy? I mean, you have you have some great, you have great success with all yours. I mean, what yeah. is it that you just, that you still wanted about this? Mm-hmm. You just wanted you that about intimacy? about it for four years, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is like, um, I guess, I'm, this is just what I do. You know, like, I, mm-hmm. I, I've always loved food. I've always wanted to, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, so I think that spirit in me is always, is always on mm-hmm. fire, you know, and... You know, not necessarily that, like, it's, I'm always going to keep doing this, but, you know, I'm definitely slowing down a little bit with my daughter now and, yeah. um, and you know, plan children in the future. So, right. but I think that there is still something in me that wants to do these passion projects, these, these um, you know, a lot of times, I don't think anyone really knows this, but like, you know, the people who work close with us know this is that we're, you know, when I'm in the kitchen with my chefs and we're making um, recipes, we call them R&D days, we're just not necessarily making recipes or any concept. We're just making recipes. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually, you know, over the years, we kind of like built concepts out of these recipes. And so we have maybe like three more concepts in the vault and recipes already and things like that. just waiting for the right time, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and if they even make the the light of day, you know, so. And you mentioned your daughter, you do have a young daughter. Yeah. One and a half year old. (laughs) How do you balance that? Because you've got so much on your plate, no pun intended. Um, You know, and that's for a lot of people. I think so many people um, are inspired by your story and and similar stories, Mm -hmm. but they wonder like, how do you do it all? You know, Um, they're not not all just in Orlando either. You said you have like the Jacksonville area. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. How do you balance that? Um, uh, I would say on the work side of things, you know, um, now meeting digitally through Zoom mm-hmm. and, and Google Meet and things like that mm-hmm. ma- makes it a lot easier to just keep strong communication with other cities. Um, relying on my managers, you know, I think that um, I want people to look at this as a career, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think 
some people look at like a restaurant job as just like a, maybe a stepping stone or or something like that. Um, but to me, I think that it's a it's a, a path career path, you know. Yeah. And a lot of my managers um, really do take it serious that serious. And you know, so we have a strong communication line um, between me and my managers to be able to um, operate in a whole different city. Right. And then um, we send managers up there to kind of um, check check on things and make sure everything's good. Um, but on the, the home side of things, um, obviously I can't do this without my wife. Like mm-hmm. she, um, it's a, it's more than a full-time job. You know what I mean? For her is, uh, taking care of this, this, uh, this baby and our daughter. Um, so, you know, um, I usually wake up early. I'll take that first shift at seven 30, um, until about nine 30. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so she can like sleep in in a little bit and then she'll take it from there until I get home. And then I'll, I'll, I'll try to put her to bed and things like that. So. So with a one and a half year old, can we assume that part of your plans for the future are a family friendly restaurant where the kids or, can or they don't have to stand for an hour? Um, yeah, you're right. I know. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I think that for me, like I'm always my passion is to do something that's like different. You know, I don't yeah. want to like follow like anything that anyone else is doing. I always want to try to flip the script somehow, whether it be something I mean, small or something it, big. You're doing it, right? Well, you continue to do it. <laughs> so I guess maybe, yeah. Be innovative. Maybe one day we'll do like a different family style restaurant. I don't know, you know, um, who knows? So Sushi is in ball pits. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. What, what a mess. What a mess, yeah. So have you ever tried something and it's been a total failure, a total bomb? Oh, man. That you thought was going to be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I would say, like, maybe earlier in my career, before Domu, like, you know, um, that was really the me figuring out what, what, I'm, what am I going to do here? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm doing uh, project managing for Bento, but, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm all, I've always had a side hustle all my life. And yeah. so I'm always, like, trying things out in the side hustle. And I guess, like, you know, um, yeah, there were some things here and there in terms of just trying out these pop-ups or this or that. And, yeah. you know, they didn't necessarily work out. But, you know, so that's why I'm, like, I'm, I feel super blessed that, that dome has led me this path because I didn't yeah. know it was going yeah. to. So, what's yeah. your what would be your favorite meal out of all your restaurants? Oh, I know it's like picking your favorite child. <laughs> I'm not. I didn't ask which one's your favorite restaurant. I'm asking which one's your favorite meal. Yeah, oh, like at a restaurant. Yeah, at, our, at my restaurants or yeah. at, at, yeah. at another restaurant. Yeah. Let's do yours. Oh, okay. If um, you were just really hungry, like, what would the chef recommend? Yes. Okay, what's your favorite? Um, I guess it have to be by concept. So for me, like at Domu, if I was gonna go in there as a patron. Um, I'll get a Richie Rich ramen and a set of the wings. Like the wings is like you as a must, right? That's like, what that's, I hear. Yeah. I mean, it's just the wings is a must. So those two things for sure at Domu. If I was going to Tori, what's, Tori, a, what's the Richie Rich? The Richie Rich is a pork based broth. And that was actually my very first ramen that I put on the menu. Okay. Um, and it's still the most popular t- today. Yeah. I've made like 10 other ramen, uh, ramens and that one still is the best seller. Um, so it's a, it's a pork based broth that has pork belly in it. Uh, it's a miso and soy base. Um, so you have a lot of umami, a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of saltiness. Um, it's creamy. Uh, it's a little bit, it's really rich, uh, hence the name Richie Rich. And hmm. um, has like, you know, everything, everything that complements each other. So a lot of garlic and black garlic oil to have that bitterness um, to balance everything. And um, I would say it's a really good bowl of ramen. Plus, like, you know, with us like making Ooh. our own, yeah. I'm sorry, making You're our making own. making us hungry. I know. Yeah, yeah. Us, you know, we make our own noodles too. So I think that's what makes us wow. unique out of everybody else um, in Florida, really, uh, at least to my knowledge. And, um, you know, so we imported a machine from Japan um, that, and it's a machine that like makes all types of ramen noodles. They can even make udon, udon, soba, um, 
but we primarily use it for, for how long does it take to make a noodle and i feel like that's got to be a never-ending <laughs> process for you is there a noodle maker yeah. yes yes uh, shout out to leo <laughs> leo is uh our guy that makes all the broth noodles for the Orlando he's the, stores. He's the noodle. Okay. He's the noodle master. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, noodle and broth master. And um, but basically, yeah, I, I had we had to teach him over the years to to be able to produce this much um, noodles in a day and this much broth in a day because mm -hmm. we're making noodles and broth every day, um, just to be able to uh, supply the stores. And um, we actually make it out of Tori Tori as our central kitchen, and then we deliver it to the to the other domains. Okay. So, yeah. So, and you talk about, you know, obviously it seems like this is a well-oiled machine and, you know, things have to run on time and, mm -hmm. you know, down to the wire. In the midst of all this, we've dealt with COVID and most recently a major hurricane yeah. where you lost power during the storm. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is that like as a business owner when you're trying to manage all this? You've got a lot of food. You're already dealing with supply issues, labor issues. What's that been like? You still got you? family you have to also yes. be concerned about. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say, I guess... We'll start with the hurricane because it's most recent, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what's great about uh, technology is that on my phone, I can see if we have internet or not at all the stores. Mm -hmm. So I kind of use that as a gauge of like, okay, did the power go out, right? Mm -hmm. First thing. So I'm like, throughout the hurricane, checking. All, I'm checking, like, did we lose power, <laughs> did we lose power? Because the, the issue is that like, you know, if the hurricane's active, there's no way for me to run to the store and like right. try to right. do something about it, you know? So it's only like how i basically have to track like when when i lose internet how long has it been to, mm -hmm. right, is, and, or is the food going to be bad by the time i get there and luckily you know none of the stores lost power except for edo boy and tori tori uh tori tori uh near downtown area actually had half power so half the building had power half of it didn't but not enough to um like our walk-in cooler wasn't working but our walk-in freezer was working and it was, it was really weird our hoods weren't working so um, luckily for that, because we saved a lot of our food in, in the freezer, at least the walking cooler, we lost Spoiled, all that. Yeah. But um, so that, so that was a bless, blessing for sure. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, us losing power for four days at Tori Tori obviously was detrimental to like our sales and, mm -hmm. and business side, you know, being able to pay rent, payroll. You know, I just did payroll today. We took a big hit on that. And um, it was just so th those things are the negative side of things. But the positive side of things is that you know, we do have power now. Mm -hmm. All the teams and managers came together and really like before the storm prepared, after the storm, we had a game plan. Like, what are we going to do as soon as mm -hmm. we get back? So, you know, um, I think having that team really helped out at, at all the stores, making that happen. Um, and the moment you open up those doors, patients are coming right oh, back. They're hungry, man. They're, they're tired of eating their crackers and their little hurricane, Jay. Their hurricane snacks went away like, you know, in the first, what, three hours? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, what's next? So, yeah. um, I mean, the thing is that uh, we tried to open up Tori the best we could with just cocktails. And it, well, it was that's okay. That's a good way to open, yeah. It was okay, but we were spotty. Like, we had to put up lights and, like, we didn't have lights in the dining room. Uh, oh, it's like, hurricane Tori. Yeah. Tori. <laughs> so it was really dark. Yeah. And, um, but but we made it work um, in, in, for a few hours of the night. Um, so that, and then, so the pandemic, uh, I would say was the biggest pivot for us. Like, you know, with business, you're always pivoting, but um, obviously no one was expecting that, you know, to happen, uh, especially because we just opened Tori Tori and Dr. Mm. Phillips like mm. a few months before COVID got serious. Mm -hmm. So we just opened up. So we didn't even have time to like really like get our well seasoned, mm -hmm. you know, what our concept really is and things like that. So we had to, do it through COVID. Um, and, you know, uh, as you know, our, my restaurants don't do takeout. We don't do right. delivery. Right. We don't do all these things. And like, we had to pit, we had, like, and we weren't able to open the bar. So now we have to, to enable to survive. We had to create food that was able to be takeout. And all my stores really had to figure out how to do takeout. We, that was something that like, mm -hmm. everybody was like mm -hmm. a learning curve because 
now we have tablets and now we have to get to go where and how we're going to pack it so it works mm -hmm. and right. all these things and like um delivery drivers we never did uber eats before and all these things and we didn't know how it worked um so it was that was a huge learning curve but it did um put us in survival mode like mm -hmm. we got we got through the pandemic because of it um, How many nights did you lose sleep during that period over all of that? He doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, I think it was very, yeah, that was a traumatic yeah. part. I, I, you know, I tell people all the time, it's like those years were obviously the toughest time for any business owner because it's really a battle of survival at that point. You're not making very much income from this food and, you know, not having the beverage program at all. Um, really, mm -hmm. when you're a bar, is like really a hit. Because um, that's where you make a lot of your money is the drinks, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, um, at almost 50% on, on at all concepts is, is, is drinks. And that's a huge hit on um, your income. But once so. things got better, I mean, you guys mm -hmm. got Michelin, you know, Michelin bib here. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So, you know, as, as things the downs got, are downs, but the ups are yeah. up. Exactly. Too, right? right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, once it all kind of wrapped up, we actually got busier and busier. And this is the busiest yeah. year we've ever been, you know, and I think Great. that, um, you know, as we got busier, we kind of started removing takeout, removing, um, delivery, you know, trying to get back to normal. Some people operations. were like, no. I know. I know. Yeah. And it was, you know, because people were like, oh, I can eat dome at home now. But, you know, um, so so to compensate, now we allow ramen at the bar. You know, before we didn't have that prior to COVID, okay. but now you can get the full menu at the bar. So you can come in, just grab a seat and eat So okay. instead of waiting. So um, One thing that you mentioned, which I just want to go back to, because I feel like it's been a theme that we have heard from a lot of really successful restaurant owners. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the, dealing with the labor shortage, for example. Mm -hmm. yeah. And one of the ways that you've been able to keep and retain so many great employees is mm -hmm. by letting people know that they actually have a career here. You know, you're not just yes. here temporarily. You're not just going to wash dishes for the rest of your life. We yeah. are here to have you a part of the team and to yeah. grow with us. Well, you are a story of that, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, same same for me, right? So I guess I, I kind of use my experience at, uh, in terms of that. And, you know, I think... Um, for us, we had to actually change a lot too, because now we have a lot more competition in the labor market. Um, a lot, all the restaurants are in the same pool of employees trying to um, hire. So, you know, we we did change for the better too um, in terms of uh, raising wages, adding benefits, health insurance is something that um, most a lot of restaurants uh, still don't offer. Um, giving salaries and and building up managers into like career, giving right. them a career path and. Um, you know, I think that for us, we are good at that as like nurturing up and coming management um, and then, you know, kind of putting them eventually into some type of um, salary position, I would say, whether it's PTO and things like that. Um, so I think that, you know, for us to look at it as a professional career, I think it, it gives, you know, the industry a lot of hope and like, OK, I really can't take this serious, you know, as, as my job because I did, you know, like. I really loved cooking and then I turned it into a career for myself, you know, right. so I think that we can do that for other people too. So, I mean, your family, that's how we started off so talking about how you grew up in restaurants, your family had all these family run restaurants. Yeah. What do they say now about your restaurants? <laughs> uh, honestly, they hated it. You know, like, what? yeah, they hated it when why? I worked, they hated it when I worked at Bento. They hated it. Like, yeah, why? They, did they want you to do something different? Or, yeah. yeah you, okay. you know, like, uh, so I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but at least like, in my household and Asian parents. Do something like, different. That's not that, but they like, you got to be a doctor. You got to be a oh, yeah. pharmacist. You got to be mm -hmm. a lawyer. You got to, you know, something, you know, yeah, right. um, uh, of a high paying salary. And, you know, I understood where they're coming from. Right. You know, they came from, um, my parents came over in the 70s on, on, on a boat 
by chance and floated to the Philippines and was saved and, you know, and brought over to America. So they, you know, they, they were in during that wartime on communist took over. It was really tough for them. And, um, so I think they just want a better life. I understand that part. It's like, they want a better life for me, but so I did do that. Yeah, I, I went and got They know the struggles that they went through. They don't want that for me, right? Right, right. So, um, so I, I did do that, though. I went and got a college degree in accounting at uh, ECF. And um, only because that's what they, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then they, they're like, all right, how about you do accounting? And they, they kept, my sister kept pushing me towards that. But at the same time, I, I never, like, uh, I guess Bento was my side hustle at that time. Like, I never kind of, like, never quit. Yeah, you know, from 2007 all the way to 2016. Where you know? your heart so, was, yeah. you know, and it's just, you know, I, they hated it though. They're like, "Why are you still working there?" Mm -hmm. and all these things. But you know, at the end of the day, it really built who I am today. You know, understanding, getting those years of experience is something that I can never take back. And and really, it's like you don't get anywhere by unless you do it yourself. And you know, so I think it's a blessing at the same time that I was able to stick with the restaurant industry while getting a degree and Good. Then, um, you know, getting the opportunity to open up Domu. So. Yeah. Amen. And I love it. What you just said, you don't get anywhere unless you do it by yourself. I mean, that is yeah. so true. Um, and that accounting degree has to help you, you know, running your business, right? Nah. No, no? <laughs> I, I don't think I remember. One, I don't remember anything from, uh, I don't remember any of the classes from college, okay. I, but, but I, I remember the college experiences, but yeah. you know, um, so I, I'm definitely glad I, I did go to college because yeah. that's, you know, I would have I've met the guys from Bento. I would have met all my uh, lifelong friends mm -hmm. if I didn't. And um, so, you know, it's definitely a blessing there, too. So. But I mean, but if you think about it, your daughter's going to see you and she's going to be, you know, she's going to grow up seeing you happy, you know, mm -hmm. doing right. something that you love. And that's mm -hmm. that's something that means a lot to Absolutely. kids. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. seeing seeing mom and dad smile, even, you right. know, even if they're working and hard passionate and about passionate what about do. something. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's all you can really expect. I mean, I hope that, you know, by that time, maybe I'm doing. Yeah, I don't I, I do love this industry, yeah. but I don't know if I'm going to do it forever, yeah. per se. But, you know, by that time, hopefully she will look back and see all these accolades and, and things like that and, and kind of just see saw what I did back when she was born. Well, she can also what? listen to this podcast, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> On YouTube, right? So. <laughs> yeah. And she can't really see you, you know, in a cubicle submitting tax returns or something like that. You know, it's far more exciting to go to a restaurant. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. You know, because my, uh, my brother-in-law's an accountant. But, you know, I think that uh, for me anyways, I think I'm just following what my passion was, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. So what are your plans for the future? Oh, um, he's got those three in the lockbox somewhere. He's got some yeah, ideas. I mean, so so those those are always pending, you know, mm. if that right location pops up. But, you know, I think that for me, um, seven restaurants is a lot to juggle. I, yeah. I will say that, you know, uh, being a business owner in this industry, there's a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, it's mentally draining. You know, it's physically draining. And I think that, you know. Uh, you have to be a really tough person to make it through um, this type of industry. For sure. And, you know, um, for me, I feel like I've been like fighting for the last six years and, you know, at, at my full capacity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think that now that I have a daughter, I want to like slow down a little bit mm -hmm. and just spend a little bit more time with her, focus on my family and, you know, kind of not necessarily like plan too much in the future, but just if it comes, it comes. There's always opportunities every day, you know, yeah. um, it's whether we take it or not. So, yeah. Well, it's obviously you, you're doing an amazing job yeah. with the seven that you have. So, I mean, yeah. you. <laughs> even you taking, slowing it down is still yeah. a crazy amount of work, yeah. too. I, I, the, uh, I guess the thing is that um, I, I didn't mention was that 
getting the stores open is the fun part, right? Like trading a concept, opening a new restaurant. It's mm-hmm. more of like the maintaining side right. that is actually the really day in day out. Yes. So that part is the part that no one really thinks about. They see the glitz and the glamour. They see like the recognition and things like that. But the the, the everyday grind is, yeah. is where it's like, oh, man, it's tough with yeah. seven restaurants, like maintaining, you know, yeah. operations. So, you know, so I think that's another reason why, like, just trying to keep like my mental um, health healthy and, 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 and for my family, really. Mm-hmm. So yeah. A lot of it you feel is like putting out fires. OK, yeah. we've got a shortage here. How are we going to find this or how are yeah. we going to do that? Or so and so, you know, decided they don't want to work here anymore. So, yeah, I mean, it's a yeah. daily thing. I put I put out fires. The moment I wake up to yeah. like the moment I sleep, <laughs> so I'm getting uh, we, we're in group messages and, you know, every single day it's something different. But so. you've also created a great team yes. of, you know, bringing up managers and, yeah. and, and yes. that helps out, that, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't do it without my team. I, yeah. I, anytime any we get any type of award or anything, like I always shout out my team right. first because yeah. like I, that's because of them, not because of me, you know, maybe part of me, but like most of it's them, you know, and I, I want to make sure that it's, it's known. So. Yeah. So where can people find you online and follow you? Really and, for sushi, yes. ramen, yes. cocktails, a little oh, bit of man. everything. Um, like <laughs> Instagram, Instagram or, yes. okay, okay, <laughs> gotcha. So uh, we primarily use Facebook and Instagram. We don't have a Twitter for any of our accounts. Okay. Um, but uh, from all, all the Domu stores, it's Domu FL. Um, and then for Tori Tori, it's Tori Tori Pub. And then for Edible, it's Edible Sushi. Okay. Yeah, so. Stay up to date right there. Oh, I mean, yeah. I am like all of, I'm all for it. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great date night. And, you know, I think so, yeah. Yeah, especially Tori. So, yeah. Um, yeah. One of the trends is like if after Edo Boy, almost, I would say like 70% of the customers go over to, to Tori right after. After. Yeah. Smart. And continue the party. So, I mean, that, but yeah. we, we, we did that so that we can create more of a walking um, situation in that, that district. Hopefully, eventually yeah. more of these yeah. type of places open where we can just be like a big walking district and then like the mills yeah mills 50 area yeah Yeah. well thank you so much for joining us this was fun you've made us hungry yes so (laughs) raise slurp some ramen right about now right yeah yeah Yeah. some richie rich ramen yeah for sure yes (laughs) all right sunny win we appreciate it and hopefully we'll see you again soon yeah thank you so much guys appreciate it thank you for listening to florida foodie we'd also like to thank our guest sunny win you can find his restaurants on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Domu FL, Tori Tori Pub, or Edo Boy Sushi. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell online. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram or Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. You can find Candace Campos on social media as well. She's on Twitter. Just search at Candace News 6. And on Facebook, search Candace Campos News 6. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley, our post-production audio engineer, Chris Flora, and our director, Bob Myers. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you stream and download podcasts. And you can find videos of all of our podcasts on ClickOrlando.com and on YouTube. Just search for Florida Foodie.